All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of Saturday Standouts. I know it's been about a month since we've been on. Obviously, my normal co-host, who is Sam Daring, is not with us any longer. So it's going to be a whole new vibe that we are going to be able to bring to you guys tonight. With me and going to be with me for the foreseeable future, and I'm excited to be able to bring him along, is our good friend here at the Unforced Network. My good friend, who I've, I have had a, a great connection with over this time of getting to know him, Ethan Carboni. Um, please tell me if I butchered your name or not, brother. Like, I, if I if I butchered your last name, go ahead, tell me. But just go ahead, go ahead and, you know, introduce yourself. Let us know how excited you are, man. We're going to be tackling all sorts of stuff for you guys. But um, I'm going to pass it over here to Ethan and let him, you know, give a little bit of a rundown about himself. A little shout out, whatever else you got going on, brother. I'm Ethan. I got this is my third podcast with Unwrapped. I have NFL Deep Dive. I have Creating Madness. We just interviewed Penn's coach. Go check that out. And then I got Saturday Night Standouts with Caleb, who's pretty much like an older cousin in the network. So this will be fun. Yeah, it's going to be very enjoyable. Um, we're going to be doing pretty much, you know, kind of the same thing that, you know, Sam and I were doing before, but, you know, a little bit of a revamp here. We're taking it from a different stance. We're going to be a little bit more, you know, diff- I-, I don't even know how to explain it really. Just, you know, be different away. I'm not as professional with you guys. We're going to kind of just lay it down how we think and and just be very honest, you know, very upfront and, and, and straight with you guys. We're going to be doing a little bit of drinking here on the side. A little bit, you know, more R-rated, PG-13 rated, whatever you guys want to talk about. But I'm, I'm, I'm super stoked to have you here, man. It, it took me not long, honestly, to, to figure out who I wanted to, to you know, go ahead and do, do this with me with. So I'm super stoked to, to have you on, Ethan, and, you know, get back into this thing. It's been a while for me. I haven't done a show in a month, so I'm excited to get into this. You know, instead of, you know, just jumping right in, we're not going to get – into all the talk about our our sponsors or anything like that we're just going to jump right in here and tonight we are going to be talking about heisman hopeful here for the 2021 college football season and then you know as we get going we'll eventually start talking more nfl towards the end of the season everything like that christian coming here saying slovis season we're obviously going to talk about uh keaton slovis the quarterback out there at usc who you know christian's over there in l.a uh, you can't hear the audio, Christian. Can you hear me, Ethan? Can you hear me? Yep. All right, yeah, Christian, you got to you got to fix your, your audio over there. That that's on you. Uh, everybody else can hear us. It seems like uh, if anybody else can't hear us, let us know. We'll try and fix that on the on the producer side and, and figure that out. But um, Keaton Slovis is going to be definitely one of the guys we talk about. But let's go ahead and jump into this, man. We're, we're going to be talking about, you know, the Heisman trophy here in 2021, a way too early Heisman talk, if you will, but let's go back to the 2020 season real quick and, and look at the last guy to win the Heisman trophy. And that is Devonte Smith, the wide receiver Alabama. What can you say about that? Let's see. Went to Philadelphia. So, you know, that's going to be a bust in the NFL, but besides that, <laughs> Probably, you could probably throw him up there as a top five, at bare minimum, top ten Bama wide receiver of all time. I'm going to try and pull up his stats here from last year, if you want to start talking about him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Devontae Smith was the first wide receiver to win the award since Desmond Howard did back in, I think, the late 90s. Um, so it, it is very awesome to see, you know, somebody other than quarterback, which has been a quarterback award ultimately from what we've seen in the past. So, um, it, it, it was awesome in my opinion, to be able to see that, you know, somebody outside of a quarterback or a running back, be able to win that award. Devonte Smith, you know, is good before, um, you know, Waddle went out, but when Waddle was there, he was still being able to produce, but what he was able to do once Waddle went down and was able to produce at the level that he did at the size that he is against the best competition, perhaps in the nation in the SEC, an amazing competitor, loves the spotlight being on him, does not care what anybody has to say about his size or anything like that. So I think he was well-deserving of that award. He pretty much carried Alabama because if you think about it, you know, if you're without a wide receiver, 
at Alabama last year, you have maybe uh, Mechie was your other wide receiver, but you can't expect him to be a number one guy right off the bat when he's number three. You could easily slot on Devontae Smith, and he was able to do amazing things, even possibly above what, you know, Waddle was able to do in that situation. So, um, you know, giving them a whole nother level of competition, giving them a whole nother level of competitiveness that, that he was able to give. I think he was a great pick for the Heisman and a great, you know, winner for it overall, especially coming off of over 20 years of not having a, a skill player of a running back, possibly winning that award. Yeah, going into the stats, you got through 13 games, having 117 receptions. That's an average of nine per game, which is already insane for any player, especially on such a stacked team like Alabama, who has plenty of targets to go through, even with Waddle being out for a good portion of the games. With 1,856, what, yeah, 1,856 yards, 23 touchdowns, averaging about 16 yards a catch. Any wide receiver that can do that for over 50 receptions, that's already insane. Doing it for 100-plus, Devontae Smith easily earned the Heisman, and I don't think there's a single player last year that was able to compete for it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he was a stud. Um, you can't really say much but much more else on top of that because he was a stud in, in the offense that he was putting around. Sarkeesian did a great job of putting him in space and getting him the ball. And that's something that he's going to have to be able to, or that Philadelphia is going to be able to have to do to be able to, you know, be productive in, in what they're trying to do and be successful, especially with Jalen Hurts. Now single quarterback who you want to be, you know, leading your team because you ultimately did not end up drafting somebody because you have this trust. So that's something that they're going to have to try and do, and they're going to have to try and replicate. And that's going to be exciting for us. But you know, looking here, we're going to go ahead and jump into this year's. We're going to go jump into 2021. But before we do, let me go ahead and share my screen with you guys about a little bit of our um, our sponsors here. And one of those is going to be Patreon. Not even, not even a sponsor here, but the Patreon group here that we have for Unwrapped Sports. You have five or three different levels, excuse me, a dollar, a $5 level, and a $10 level. If you join any of these levels, you're going to get perks the dollar level ultimately you're just supporting us at the five dollar and ten level it just exudes different levels here so you get to join the discord at both of that five dollar and ten dollar level which you get extreme you know exclusive gambling picks we're on a 29 and one hot streak there for for our gambling picks and you get even more once you're involved in that discord and it's amazing part to be of at the five dollar level you get a entered into a Amazon gift card giveaway at the $10 level. You also get entered into that Amazon dollar, Amazon card giveaway, excuse me. But also at that $10 level, you get entered into a giveaway for a signed memorabilia item, whether that's a jersey, a helmet, or a picture. No matter what it is, you get entered into that automatically each and every single month as long as you're part of that $10 VIP deal. Outside of that, you know, mybookie.ag, use code USN100 for double your first deposit. That's our biggest sponsor right now, guys, is mybookie.ag. Head over there, use code USM100. You put in $50, you get $50 free to bet on whatever you want to, guys. It's an amazing experience, especially with all the picks that we're being able to put out. I mean, you've got baseball coming, or baseball is going live right now. The playoffs for baseball are coming up as well. you got, obviously, we're in the midst of all the NBA playoffs right now as well. So there's a lot going on when it comes to gambling. So head over there, head over to our Patreon, support us, but also enter your name into that hat to be able to win one of those really rare signed memorabilia items that are worth a lot more than $10. Uh, that's that's the real draw in there for us. But without further ado, you know, we we're talking about gambling here, Ethan. Let's get into our odds for the, the 2021 football season in the Heisman because that's ultimately what we're here for. We're talking about the Heisman trophy for the 2021 season. Let me go ahead and bring that up for you guys. Ethan, is there anything you want to say before we before I bring this up and we start getting into this talk about the 2021 Heisman campaign? I'm gonna ride with my boy Josh Pate on his sleeper pick. Not even really sleeper pick, but just the best value pick in Jane Daniels. He says in a quote in an interview that I had with him that he'll be this year's Zach Wilson. I'm riding with Jaden Daniels. All right. 
Well, yeah, yeah, we'll save that for later on in the pick, but <laughs> you, you can you can you can save your pick or Josh Pate's pick, if you will. Um, because if you're gonna ride with Josh Pate, that, I don't blame you at all. Josh Pate is a great analyst at what he does. I mean, he's been hyping up, you know, Florida State recruiting. He's been hyping up Archie Manning to to Texas. I mean, there's a bunch of things that Josh Pate's been been doing. So very exciting stuff here. But looking at you know these odds right here, I'll just go right off the bat. And Spencer Spencer Rattler, the quarterback from Oklahoma, is is the favorite right now um, here at Vegas Insider. I tried to look at Bovada. Um, they didn't have any odds up yet. But Spencer Rattler is the favorite here at plus four fifty. You got Bryce Young. Um, next guy at Alabama, obviously they're at plus 650. You got DJ Ugalele, um, Derek Clemson, the new quarterback taking over there at plus 700. JT Daniels, Georgia quarterback, the transfer from USC at plus 1,000. Another guy at plus 1,000 is the quarterback at Sam Howell, who really can sling the ball at plus 1,000. Derek King in Miami coming off of that gruesome injury that he did last year at plus 1,600. Um, our first skill player, Bajan Robinson, running back out of Texas, at plus two thousand. There is um, Christian's guy from USC, quarterback Keaton Slovis, at plus two thousand as well. Another guy there, CJ Stroud from Ohio State. There's always going to be an Ohio State guy thrown in there. Um, Jaden Daniels, obviously thrown in there from Arizona State, plus twenty five hundred. Shocking to me enough, um, Mackenzie Milton. You know the transfer from UCF coming over to Florida State after his absolutely gruesome injury at plus 2500 as well you got matt coral from ole miss the gunslinger that everybody knows him at and robinson jr alabama obviously a skilled player there Brees hall sean clifford um spencer Samer, sanders emory jones brock purdy dorian thompson robinson and so on and so on first defensive player you see on the board here is Derek stingley jr out of lsu perhaps one of the highly taught after you know prospects in the upcoming draft that a lot of people have them have them set at but you know looking at that ethan you know i can keep it up here for you um who is the most surprising that you see up in this upper echelon of of odds in terms of winning the heisman next year i was really surprised to see sean clifford there or really any ohio state player is ohio state any of these like incoming freshmen or like didn't really play last year, sophomores. Like, I don't trust DJU. I don't, I'm not going to try and pronounce his last name. I'm not going to trust <laughs> the Clemson quarterback. I'm not going to trust Shroud. I don't like young quarterbacks. I don't think that they're going to be able to have much stat-wise success. Ohio State's going to be carried by that defense. Alabama with Bryce Young's going to be carried by that defense. If I had to look at a quarterback, I love Spencer Rattler. But obviously he's the favorite for a reason. Yeah, he's a favorite for a reason, but I, I mean, I think I kind of agree with you here. I mean, you see a bunch of these young Ohio State guys. It's a very surprising uh, thing to be able to see them, but it also doesn't surprise me at the same time because I feel like at, at every instance when you talk about Ohio State, there's always that conversation that these guys are going to be the next in the rotation because all these guys, you know, in the past when you look at Ohio State are always in that conversation, whether it's, you know, been, you know, JT Barrett or – I mean, you, you can go on and on. I mean, I'm not very well versed on, on Ohio State quarterbacks, but, you know, they all end up not living up to the hype that, that they're supposed to be. So here we are again, and that's why I kind of wanted to say it's a surprise. I think my biggest surprise is having Mackenzie Milne in there, and that's not just me being, you know, a null guy or anything, but I don't necessarily think that Mackenzie Milton will be the starting quarterback for Florida State next year. Jordan Travis was able to show a lot last year at Florida State, even though he didn't have the wins. You know, he didn't necessarily have the wins, but he put up the stats. He was able to show off that he does actually have an arm. He's not just a running quarterback. So McKenzie Milton is having to come into Florida State and kind of prove himself as a quarterback, but yet his odds are this high at plus 2,500. It really shocks me overall. Another thing that shocks me with it, is the fact that Bijan Robinson of Texas is the number one running back, whereas I have him as my num- running back number three in the Big Twelve. Right. So, so talk to me a little bit more about Bijan Robinson because I don't know a whole lot about him. 
see, we'd have to get with John because John is riding him like harder than someone will ride a mechanical bull in Wisconsin. So <laughs> he's supposed to be the next great Texas running back. But if you look at the Big 12, Deuce Vaughn of Kansas State, he's going to carry that offense. I think he has better stats than, stats than Robinson. And then going into even more running backs, I mean, when you look at Iowa State and Brees Hall, Iowa State's been yep. very overhyped. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Yeah. Iowa State's been overhyped. Brees Hall's been overhyped. But Brees Hall, I still think, is the best running back in the Big 12. He had a hell of a year last year. And well, Brees season- Hall really – yeah, Brees Hall – I was going to say that Brees Hall really had a standout last year. You know, it was all about the Purdy hype and, and all this. Purdy was supposed to be the carrier of that team. And then the real shining light of that team and who actually helped them the most was Brees Hall. And everybody doesn't right. even want to talk about him. So, it, it like, he could be an underdog guy that you see here. Right. And, it, I mean, you, you can go on and on. And you got you got Sean Clifford, you know, Penn State quarterback who's been there. You, you've got Emory Jones, who – I'm pretty shocked to see him so high up there on the board at, at plus 5,000 for not doing much at UF well, other than being able to run the ball. Since when, when, is DTR, when, is, when the hell has DTR been good since his high school days? Like, yeah, I don't know. He, he came in with a lot of hype. He came in with a lot of hype. He came in with a lot of hype, and I haven't seen UCLA touch a bowl game since his time there. Yeah, and that that's kind of worrisome. But I mean, they're trying to build, you know, same thing. So I mean, you get deeper in here, and and you see guys like a Malik Cunningham or a, a John Mechie, like I had mentioned with you before we came on the show from Alabama wide receiver. But um, Justin Ross coming back at Clemson after his his injury, and then Master Teague. Um, what do you what do you think about that? You know, I want to hear what you think on Master Teague because. He's become quite the name after the bowl game or after the playoff game that he had. Do you see Master Teague even being able to move up there? I mean, he's a, he's plus what six I mean, six thousand six hundred odds. So, I mean, if he explodes this year, he he has an opportunity. I think he has a better opportunity outside of anybody from Ohio State. I mean, at the same time, I I've seen a lot of analysts, including Pate and others, saying that he's losing his job by week six. I personally think it's closer to week four, but I I think he's been overhyped. I think that he really is going to have to end up doing good this year to go to the draft. And I don't think he ends up doing anywhere near Heisman-level stats, especially with the wide receiver and core that Ohio State has, and they'll be leaning on so heavily. Right, and that's the I think that's the problem when it comes to Ohio State. You know, it, it's not it's not that he's not being able to produce it's the fact that Ohio state is so reliant on their wide receivers and their quarterback play. Well, even more their wide receivers because their quarterback play has been proven not to be able to produce the level of talent that they have in college. So you look at it in that direction, it's because of their, their wide receivers are so good. So when is that going to happen and is it going to change? So that's where you can kind of, you know, tune in the question about that running game for Ohio state, but that would be, you know, one of my sneaky picks, which is what we're about to get into right now here. Your sneaky pick here off of this list or just anybody, not even on this list. You know, you could pick anybody, honestly. Ethan, looking at the list, looking at what you know, who are your sneaky picks to make their way into the top, we'll say top five now? We'll get into our top three a little bit later, but we'll we'll say sneaking into our top five now. Who do you see as being a sneaky contender to or, or contenders? You could pick more than one to be able to sneak their way into that conversation to make it. Well, one's not really that much of a surprise. Derek Stingley, the fact that he'll be playing offense and defense for LSU this year, can't really say much. If he puts up. Anywhere near a thousand yards and puts up the defensive production that he's had these past two seasons, that's a Heisman winner. Obviously, he's probably not getting a thousand yards, but that's a stupid hypothetical. Is I mean, it's definitely hypothetical. It's hard to see a a defensive guy, you know, moving up into that 
into that position to be able to, I mean, who's the last defensive player we've seen, you know, even be nominated probably um, what's his name for Michigan. Um, blanking Rashawn so hard. Um, no, not Rashawn Gary, but the guy who used to play safety, he plays for the, uh, he Charles Woodson Brown. No, um, Jabril Peppers. Jabril Peppers was the last guy that we honestly had an honest conversation about of of defensive players that could honestly be put their name into the Heisman conversation because he was so athletic in so many different areas, you know, whether it was special teams, whether it was, you know, playing on the defensive end of the ball, he was a game changer on that side. So you started to talk about that, and that's a that's a whole different story. Um, somebody that I, I can see – go ahead. Roquan Smith made it into the top 10 in 2017. Jabril Peppers in right. fifth 20, 2016. Jonathan Allen, seventh in 2016. And, ooh, Manti Teo in 2012 in second. Okay. So, I mean, that that's, you know, pretty good names. Uh, you know, it, it has long, but I think Jabril Peppers is probably the last one that is memorable to a lot of people. Um, but, I mean, he has the chance, too. I mean, Derek's coming out of high school was super highly touted um obviously it was on all the dbu schools you talk about the lsus talk about the forces of the world and that's where he was going to go you know and now he's being able to prove it at at lsu and he obviously missed a decent amount of last season and now he's going to be able to get to prove it here season and we get to see that i mean he's a top three prospect from all the different analysts that you see out there expected expected to go top three so that's something that you can look at absolutely but my biggest surprise guy that i think can make his name really known is desmond ritter quarterback from cincinnati do you do you know anything about desmond ritter i watched a lot of cincinnati football last year because i've always been a group of five fan more so than the big ones because it seems at the beginning of the year you can name the five contenders and that's all I, I'm more for the fan of, like, the unproven teams. Um, truthfully, if I think that Cincinnati team was the best group of five team ever. I think if they beat Georgia, they cement was... themselves as the best group of five team early, ever, for sure. They, they definitely have a tough road ahead of them. Um, but, you know, you have to be able to do that. You know, like if you're if you're you know a group of five, you're not a power five conference. You know, you're you're one of these teams looking from the outside in. Obviously, with the new NCAA thing coming out today, which we'll get into later about expanding to a twelve team playoff, um, that'll change things in, in in favor of their direction and be able to show what they can do. Um, but we'll talk about that later. But from what we have now, um, it's going to be an uphill climb. But if he show Desmond Ritter is a game changer. He is the Zach Wilson of this draft class, in my opinion. If he can take that next step as a thrower, not just, you know, trying to rely on his legs when he when he has to, or not when he has to, but you know, when he thinks it's necessary. He can take that step and be able to make those tight throws where he where he needs to be able to win a game. And I think this is his year where he can prove that. And if he's able to prove that, this man will easily, easily get into that top three conversation for the Desmond Trophy. And I, I wholeheartedly believe that. I mean, you look at Desmond Ritter's film. He is an absolute freak of an athlete. You know, throwing the ball, you know, you, you can kind of nitpick things here and there, but you, you look at him from a whole athlete standpoint, the guy is incredible. You know, like he, he is able to move. He's got flip flexibility or flexibility, excuse me. He's got all the things that you want in a football player. So, you know, even if it doesn't work out for him from a quarterback standpoint, moving on to the next level, when you look at him at a college standpoint, it's successful. And for him to be successful – growing and moving on to that next level. He's got to be able to put those balls in tight spaces, be able to show that he is a quarterback, not just an athlete. And that's something he's going to have to work on. And I truly believe 
that he is going to this year. And, you know, Cincinnati is always one of those teams that is, you know, one of those non-power conference teams that is a force to be reckoned with. You look, you know, other teams outside of that, the Houston's, the Memphis's, teams like that are always going to be there. But Cincinnati is by far the foremost highest up in those rankings that you would immediately put them in conversation as a power five. And if they're going to be successful this year, it's going to rely on Ritter to be able to do that. My other one outside of that would be Keaton Slovis. Um, a, a lot of people have a lot of hate for Keaton Slovis. I don't know why. He beat out JT Daniels at USC. He got JT Daniels to transfer, although it's been declared as an injury, and that's why he transferred or whatever. But, you know, Keaton Slovis and what he's been able to do at USC, not even with the best talent that USC has been close to having in years past, um, is very telling to me. And he's going to be able to have another wide receiver there. I forget his name right now, but I'm, I'm sure I'll remember it. But Keaton Slovis is a name to look out for. He is a baller, and he's going to – the thing is with Keaton Slovis, he doesn't – yeah, he puts up stats but he's not going to wow you with it. What wows you about Keaton Slovis is that he, when the game comes down to the line, he wins. Did you mean you Michael know? Jackson third for the wide yes. receiver? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he's got, he's got him still. And, he, and I'm sure he's bringing, they're bringing in other wide receivers too, which is great, you know, which is fine. But, you know, for Keaton Slovis, it's a whole different animal. Because he is a pocket passer first, but yet he can scramble. He can get outside the pocket and still make those accurate throws. And the thing is, is what I was saying before, is that Keaton Slovis is a winner. You know how many tight games USC was in last year that they might have lost without him? At least four. At least four. At least four that I can count that they should have lost unless they had Keaton Slovis being at their quarterback position to be able to drive them down the field and be able to put them in a situation to win and ultimately at least three out of four times throw for a touchdown. So Keaton Slovis is somebody that you guys got to look out for in terms of value here at the Heisman position. That's somebody I would really place money on. Um, I don't, I don't know if you have anybody else, Ethan, before we move on. Oh yeah. But I have a question for you first. What would you be yeah. more willing to put your money on? A defensive player to win the Heisman this year or Manti Teo to find his college girlfriend? Oh. <laughs> um, I, think, I think I would put my money on. This sounds so awful, but I, I would put my money on, on you know, a defensive player to win the Heisman. Um, Manti Teo finding his, his college girlfriend, that's – a pretty done deal at this point, I feel like. So, um, I mean, maybe he finds her down the road, whatever. <laughs> I mean, that is, that is a, a highly, a highly controversial conversation that a lot of people love to have. I mean, not even controversial, honestly. Like, we all That's know. Like, it was a catfish catfish situation. It, 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 it happens, you know. I ain't going to lie and sit here and say I haven't been catfished because we we have, you know. Like, it, it – it happens, but, you know, not to that extent. That was a whole other level, but I would put my money on, on a defensive player winning the Heisman before that happens. <laughs> uh, for another long shot, Malik Willis, Liberty quarterback. I've loved Liberty ever since they moved up from okay. FCS to FBS. Okay, let's talk about that because there's a, not a lot of talk, but there's a, also a lot of hype. Yeah. I really don't like the fact that there's so much hype around Liberty this year because they've always been the team that I'm like, I'll follow just because it's like, oh, yeah, it's a smaller team. I love when they do good. Now that everyone's jumping on, like, the bandwagon, it's like, I don't want to be there. Y'all are here already. So I'll still – like, I still love watching their games when they're on. I used to talk with the wide receiver on the team, but his coach got pissed. Like, I think it was, yeah, Hugh Freeze apparently told him to block me on Insta because he would be giving me so much information <laughs> about them. But, you know what? That's That sucked, but I would have loved to still be in contact with him. And you know what? Now he's a third stringer and can't even play. So, you know what? That's what you get for blocking me, bud. <laughs> yeah, but, but go back to, you know, Liberty's quarterback. Um, what do you 
What do you see him being able to do? Well, if you pull up their schedule, they probably have eh, – I got to pull this up really quickly. But last year they only had one or two very difficult games this year. That it was, but they, but they were able, but they, they lived up to, you know, the ex, not, I mean, not even the expectation. Everybody they thought they would get the expectations. No. Like, if you look it up right now, they're, yeah, they, they would have, you got, they, they lived up to the unhyped from, from everybody else. Yeah. You only really got Syracuse as a semi difficult team. Or, my bad, correction, Louisiana, Lafayette, Ole Miss also, and Army. Army, they can handle because it's the option offense. You just got to send seven, eight people downfield for a blitz. Ole Miss is complicated because, you know, Corral, whatever. And Louisiana Lafayette, mm. which is my favorite Sun Belt team. Which are damn that's good. That's going to be – But they are – Which are they damn are good. Healthy. Yeah. We could probably get a player from there on the show sometime. He caught like three touchdowns last year for his freshman year. I have my NFL deep dive for our first guest ever. He's a great kid, Daryl Rogers Jr. Check out his tape. Check out all Liberty. That that's going to give the game of the year, like for a group of five teams. That's my pick for game of the year. Yeah, that that'll be exciting. Um, I mean, they've got they've got a more difficult schedule than they than they had the past season. So uh, I'm excited to see what they're able to do in that situation, or, or those situations. Excuse me. Um, you know, you you can put. Obviously, Louisiana Lafayette ahead of a lot of those teams. They are a good team, even though they're not, and you know, one of the better conferences out there in the nation. They're always at the top. You know, that's where that's where they stand. Army is always a difficult position to be in because they do run that triple option. Ole Miss, obviously, coming from the SEC and having Lane Kiffin behind the recruiting trail, they're always going to put together a decent team at that. So, like, those are those are good challenges for them. And, and seeing what he's going to be able to do, um, what's your quarterback's name again? Is it Slow or Malik Willis? Malik oh. Williams. Malik um, Willis for, for Liberty, that's their name. And then Matt Corral, yeah. I believe. Yeah, Matt Corral for Ole Miss. So, uh, Williams for, for Liberty, you know, you were able to see what he was able to do last year in, in terms of making a run. Obviously, they fell short. But, you know, coming in, another year of experience – going against tougher teams ultimately more than they, they went, went up against last year. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, they've got the coach there. They've got the guys there to be able to, you know, make it successful. So that'll be interesting as well. So you, you guys just ultimately got our sleepers and our surprises there, our value keeps for the 2021 Heisman Trophy Ceremony. All right, Ethan, are you ready? Yep. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make our our top three guys who are gonna be in New York. And I'll we'll go back and forth here. I'll give you I'll give you number one and then I'll go my number one, then I'll go your number two, and then I'll go my number two. So start us off. Wait, wait so are we going who we think first? We're not going third? winner. We, you don't have to you don't have to uh, go winner. Right, that, you don't right, have to go winner like, first. Rattler number one. Easy. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, I like I like Rattler to to make it as well. So I'll take Rattler as well as being my number one guy to make it. All right. For my number two, Jane Daniels, Arizona State. There's a lot of hype around him that kind of disappeared last year. And now there's a lot of hype again. I want to see what he can do with an Arizona State team that supposedly is having a lot of recruiting and COVID violations and might completely screw up their chances. Let's see what he'll do with this yeah that, that just popped up today that's a very interesting pick because i i love him i absolutely love him as a prospect to be able to make it and obviously all this arizona state shit came out today or yesterday like it all just kind of shocked everybody with recruiting violations and things of that nature but that has nothing to do with this but you know that that's a great pick in my opinion um Jaden daniels is an amazing quarterback. You know, he's got, he's got to put a little bit more on his frame. He can't necessarily be as small as he is now in terms of, you know, making it to the NFL or being the absolute best quarterback that he can be. But he is very versatile, and I, I really like that pick. But if for my second pick here, I'm going to go with Sam Howell, um, quarterback out of UNC. Gunslinger, um, maybe not the most accurate guy, 
but he reminds me a lot of Baker Mayfield, um, a guy who's willing to take those chances, a guy who's going to put it all on the line for his team. And that's really what you want as a Heisman contender. You know, you, you want somebody who's going to go out there and win. And luckily for UNC, they've got a, a semi-easy schedule. You know, they don't really have to go anywhere. They don't really have to do a whole lot. So it might work out best for him, this being his money year, ultimately to, to make it to the NFL draft, for him to be able to put on a show. And I think that's his best opportunity too. You know, I don't particularly like quarterbacks from North Carolina as a Bears fan. So I do not like that pick because I don't <laughs> want any quarterback from North Carolina ever coming into Illinois or any professional stadium out of fear that they will be the next Mitch Trubisky. But, <laughs> yeah, but but you Mitch only had one year. Mitch had one year as a starter. And, but you look at Sam, he's going to be – this is going to be his – his second year and he's going to be well off. I think Um, it's a lot better of a situation than what Mitch was in. And, you know, Mitch had the hype and everything around him, but Mitch didn't necessarily go up against the the best competition. Even when he did play the Florida state to the world, you can say Florida state, you know, is, was a powerhouse or is a powerhouse. Florida state should be viewed as a powerhouse, but it wasn't during that time. So like, you know, him being able to do that didn't really show a lot. So um, he didn't have to go against Clemson. Mitch Trubisky, that is, didn't have to go against Clemson when he was there. So um, you can't really, you know, hold that against them. But, you know, me as a Bears fan, it hurts. Um, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. But moving into my third pick, obviously you can't – something I find interesting. There are two Ohio State quarterbacks with plus 5,000 odds or higher. So you can't choose either of these guys unless you know one of them's the starter for sure. So obviously we weren't going to take them anyways. So I'm going to move into my actual pick, which if I scroll up to the plus 4,000 odds, I believe Brees Hall, running back of Iowa State. I think he's the best running back in the entire NCAA. And I don't see a reason for him not to be. This is Iowa State's year, supposedly. Let's see what they can do with a weak Texas their only competition should be Oklahoma, which, hell, they could probably take them, right? This is the Big 12 where defense is in lackluster. I believe in Brees I mean, Hall. I think, I think that he can get a 2,000-yard rushing season and 30 total touchdowns. I see no reason yeah. why not. It adds up, right? Like it, yeah. it, that adds up for Brees Hall. Everything that we have been talking about up to this point in terms of what Iowa State is able to do, yeah, they still got Brock Purdy, which is amazing for them because he decided to stay. Um, but the whole offense revolves around what Brees Hall is going to be able to do at this point. You know, Brock Purdy's got his thing, and he's an amazing quarterback, and that's kind of a guy you kind of sleep on a little bit when it comes to this conversation. But when it comes to Brees Hall – he is, you know, the go-to guy in that offense. And you're able to gash Big 12 defenses like that. I mean, you look at Chuba Hubbard, or Chuba Hubbard, for instance, excuse me, in his freshman year and what he was able to do. So you, you can kind of assimilate that to what Brees Hall is expected to do this next year. And is he going to follow off like Chuba did, or is he going to be able to capitalize on that situation to where he's going to be the best guy in that conference? So that's going to be a real big question mark for me, but I am very happy with that pick that you have. All right, let's hear yours. All right, my my third guy uh, is going to be kind of a, an outlier here. I did mention him before, but... I mentioned the school that he went to before in terms of Mackenzie Milton transferring to Florida State. Dylan Gabriel at UCF. Look at his numbers. Yeah, he didn't have the wins that he needed to last year, but you have the wins this year. You have the ability to have those wins this year. You have the ability to absolutely win those games this year. You are able to win the games that you lost last season. 
because you are this dominant quarterback that is able to put pressure on defenses in your conference and the non-power five. You are able to solidify your name at some point here to be able to do that. We haven't seen it yet, you know, from, from a group of five team to put their name into that. Yeah, yeah, I'm putting him and I've talked about Ritter as well. But Dylan Gabriel absolutely has the most promise, in my opinion, to be able to insert his name into that Heisman competition because he is just a freak electric quarterback. And I know a lot of people don't want to hear that, but you look at who they're putting behind the signal calling right now. Who are they putting behind the signal calling? Gus Malzahn, an SEC caliber head coach, who is going to be able to transform this guy into something he has never seen before. Yeah, we've seen the Bo Nix experiment when when Gus was at Auburn. Bo Nix isn't like he isn't this kid. Bo Nix is not Dylan Gabriel. He does not possess the same amount of talent that a Dylan Gabriel has. So you look at Dylan Gabriel being put under the tutelage of a Gus Malzahn head coach team. That, in my opinion, will boost him so much more. I wouldn't be surprised if UCF goes undefeated this year. To be honest with you, 100% honest with you, I won't be surprised if UCF goes undefeated this year. Because of that, you have a great head coach who has been to a national championship game, who who has been through the toughest amount of, of competition in the SEC, with a quarterback that knows what to do, has great reads, does everything right, but sometimes his team lets him down. So you look at a, a Dylan Gabriel, and you can absolutely put him in that conversation. So I am going to put Dylan Gabriel in that conversation. So give me one second, Ethan. Tell me one more time your top three so I can write them down. So when we come back to this, we can we can revert to it. Uh, B. John Robinson, Rattler, and Jaden Daniels. Not B. John Robinson. Yeah. Sorry. No, you had, Rat- you had Rattler, you had Brees DJ. Hall. Brees Hall. Brees Hall. You had, you had BJ Daniels, Rattler, and Brees Hall. Yep. Guy, can I put B. John Robinson? Yeah, no, nah, we don't do Texas football here. <laughs> Not that they do it in Texas anyway. <laughs> and I had, I had Rattler as well. I had Howell, and I have Gabriel. Well, Beautiful. let me tell you why I hate that Gabriel pick. All okay, right, go ahead. Go ahead. Speak. I, think, I think they lose the first game of the season to Boise State to start off. Wow, interesting. You, you scroll down the rest of their season. Cincinnati, they're going to lose that game. I think Cincinnati goes undefeated. And then I think they could even lose to Navy. You wow. really never know. Like, with those Navy, Army, triple option team, if they run well, Those are always tricky. Those are always tricky. Also, so I get uh, it. how how he doesn't rush for the most yards, and he's not putting up these insane numbers through the air. Like this past year, sixty percent completion, thirty five hundred seventy yards, thirty two touchdowns, and four picks. If he can up that TDs to forty forty to four, like look at those understand. picks. Look at the look at those picks. Nothing. Yeah, only four. I will agree that that's insane. But, like, only 169 yards on the ground and two touchdowns. He's not a dual threat. And being six foot 186, you'd expect a dual threat from that. Yeah, but he also plays a lot bigger than his size. If you look at how he, he plays. Right. That's the thing. I'd like to see more touchdowns. Like, 32 is a lot for last season. I'll give it to him. 3,500 yards. He's putting up like top five numbers there, right? I, I mean, he, I, he's I, been he's been in that he's been in that top five conversation for all everything. Like it's always right. there, it's always there, but it, it's not noticed. 
You know, it's not noticed by everybody. Right. But then, just, but then you, but then you put Gus Malzahn into that conversation, and what do you like? It, it, it just to me that just heightens the level of what can be the not even not even the ceiling, but the floor. Like the floor absolutely raises that point for him. You know, bring being able to bring in a coach who is not trying to work his way up. Which I'm not saying that the previous coach who who just left. Go take the job. At, I forget where. Um, no, Tennessee. Um, he went and took the job at Tennessee. So, yeah, that's a coach working to to progress his career and everything. But you're getting a solidified coach who has coached in the SEC for years. Went to a national championship game against Florida State and uh, against one of the best teams that I have ever seen in the BCS. Non-biased non-biased opinion, you know, not being a Florida State fan or anything, just non-biased, went against one of the greatest offenses of all time or in one of the greatest defenses of all time in the BCS era and was able to hang hang in there with them with a quarterback that started out as a wide receiver. And then you give him an actual quarterback, it's unfair in, in the conference that they're in. See, for me – if a quarterback wins the Heisman, they better be putting up insane numbers. Like, they need to be leading the league and at bare minimum he touchdowns. Will. He will. I, I have well, no doubt Dylan Gabriel will lead every single category from a quarterback well, perspective next season. All right. And in that case, is he playing the top-tier talent? Because of the numbers. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. That, that, which we understand that, though, right? Right. If he's light years ahead of other people – against the talent that he's playing against, I understand. But if he's only a few – if he's only a little bit stat-wise ahead of the Bryce Youngs, the Spencer Rattlers of the world, I'm sorry. I'll take them over him for the Heisman. Although it would be very impressive. No, I mean, if, I mean, if you see if you see what Spencer Rattler, you know, a BJ Daniels or a Sam Howell is able to do against the level of competition that they're going against, they're able to put up – just as good numbers, maybe even a little bit less numbers than what Dylan Gabriel is able to do. Obviously, you put them ahead of it because of level competition. Yeah. But I don't necessarily see that happening. I mean, you, you look at what, you know, the Big 12 is able to do. There's there's teams coming up, you know. there. I mean, Iowa State's defense is all pretty much coming back. You, you know, Oklahoma, or excuse me, Texas's defense is pretty much all coming back. Like, they're not losing a whole lot of people. So it's going to be a tough situation, even though, yeah, it's the Big 12. I get it. But, like, it, it's not going to be easy for Spencer Rattler. He's going to have to take that next step himself. And then looking at Sam Howell, the ACC doesn't get any easier. Yeah, the ACC had a down year last year. But you think the ACC is going to have another down year? Probably not. You know, like, it's going to take another step up. I mean, Florida State's gotten better. Um, we're not the same team that we were last year. Like it, it, it's going to be different. We got a lot of people out. We got a lot of people in. Everything's going to be a whole different scenario for this UNC team to be able to, you know, push past it. Clemson's still going to be good. I mean, NC State's starting to come up. Louisville's starting to come up with Scott Satterfield. Like it, there is so much going on there in these other conferences where it's going to be open for Dylan Gabriel to be able to make that move. So I think that's why I place him so high. That makes more sense, but we will see. Also, yeah. I want you to do me a favor. Since I'm not currently able to bet, I'd like you to place a bet for me on the fact that Scott Frost will be gone by January 1st from the Nebraska football program. I'm not, <laughs> sure you, I'm not sure if you got the update from Bleacher Report, but he referred to Luke McCaffrey without mentioning his name. Buckle up because this won't be the first time you're going to see him transfer. And then Christian McCaffrey went out and defended him saying, hold up, didn't you transfer – PSA to all recruits. Take note on how a coach treats his players once they're no longer useful to him. Hey, baby, I already wrote it down. You're good. I'm gonna put a star next to it. <laughs> if that if if that's an available option, I got you. <laughs> so I'll pay I'll pay, I'll pay Pally my college savings. That he's gone. <laughs> that yeah, I, I don't. I don't. Nebraska I don't. I, is. Can we demote Nebraska to the Mac? Like, can we here? Uh, we'll. What's the team? We'll take Buffalo. Uh, you know what? If 
If we can have Rutgers in the Big Ten, we'll take Buffalo also. Yeah. No, I mean, shit. I mean, there's so many teams that could replace replace them. Scott Frost, he did what he could. You know, he went back to his own water where where he's from, where what he knows, and things like that. Like, give it to him for that, but it it, it was never going to be successful. You know, Nebraska, it, it's going to take a hell of a lot to be yeah. able to get back to the point to where they where they were. It's not like you have the coaches that were from there either. So you can't yeah. say, oh, yeah, I won this. Nah, if you might have been a player on that team. You guys haven't done <laughs> anything. So if I'm a player, I'm looking at any other school in the Big Ten, with the exception of Illinois and Rutgers. Although Rutgers <laughs> is on the come up now. So. I don't know. I mean, you, you, look at, you look at 2023 Rutgers recruiting class. They're in the top five, so Greg uh, Shiano was back. So Greg Shiano was back. You can't really put that against him. <laughs> yeah, put him, put him next. Okay, so we'll move on. All right, Ethan, your winner of the Heisman Trophy in 2021. Let me know and let me know why. Hmm. You know, just because he is the favorite for a reason, Spencer Rattler. I just don't think that there's enough – it's going to have to be a surprise player because I really don't think any of the younger quarterbacks got this. I think it's Rattler. Although he's a younger quarterback, he's got a cannon of an arm. I think that he'll just – he'll take advantage of his weapons. He'll take advantage of poor defenses that he's going to end up playing against throughout the year. I see no reason why Rattler – Rattler has no excuse not to win this or at bare minimum come top two. Yeah, um, this is where we agree. <laughs> this is where we agree because I have Rattler um, winning it as well. I think he takes the next step. I think Lincoln Riley is one of those guys who who puts his quarterbacks in the best situation to not only win, but to be able to put them in a in a draft stock to be able to be a high draft pick come the NFL draft. So um, I, I, I like Rattler as well to go ahead and win the Heisman. He's an electric player. Um, you, you can look at guys, you, you can compare him to a whole lot, but there's not one guy you can compare him to. You can put him in, in the Johnny Menzel and his, you know, his elusiveness. He's able to get away from things, but you can also put him in the, the sphere of, um, you know, a, a Tua who's got an arm, or you can put him in the sphere of a Kyler Murray who, who just reads the field very well. So, it, it, it's, it's a whole lot of things going in there for him. And I think he's finally going to be able to tap into it here at year three for himself. Um, Spencer Rattler is the guy to watch out for. Not great value when it comes to betting, but you still get value out of it. Um, I, I absolutely love Spencer Rattler and he's not, yeah, he's a hothead. Yeah. He, he's got that confidence about him. So you can't let him get too hot. I think that's where he gains that maturism, if you will, in terms of a football player to where he doesn't always have to be, you know, the guy who is flashy or the guy who is being a hothead throughout the field. I mean, you can look at guys who have kind of burned out from that and not done well. But Spencer Rattler, I have I've very high hopes on, and I think he, he ultimately wins this based off of his performance against, you know, big 12 teams. Agreed. And, and you know, like that, that's hard. You can't really, you know, go much more into that because we both just kind of dove into Spencer Rattler. It, it, what Spencer Rattler is, he's a gamer, you know, like Spencer Rattler is that type of player. Um, if I was to pick anybody else, um, I might go with Sam Howell, just depending on how his season shapes up and their win loss. Um, but who, who would be your second guy? I guess I got to go Jaden Daniels just because I really don't like the idea of a skill position player winning it is in order to do that. They really need to have that 2000 plus yard season. They need to have that historic year. Right. You have and, to kind of make it, you kind of have to make it special like Devonte Smith did. Right. It's going to honestly have to be Purdy goes out and Iowa State still manages to get double-digit wins because of him. Like, that's yeah, the only I, way I want 
and I, like, I like yeah i like that i like that a whole lot um but you know for these last remaining moments let's go ahead and touch on something that has been kind of around the college football sphere here and that's been the playoff committee ultimately deciding on that the playoff eventually will move to a 12-team playoff. What are your initial thoughts, and what do you think is good about it, and what, what do you think can be the downfall? I think that it's going to make a, lot, a couple group of five teams get the national exposure for recruits, but at the same time, it's terrible because I think that you're showing – there's going to – you know how people use the phrase meaningless bowl games now? Mm-hmm. There's five years from now, that's meaningless playoff games. They're already not because there's they're taking the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, and making them into these semifinal national championship games. They're why why are you gonna watch the other bowls that aren't the big name ones, besides unless they're your college or unless you really have nothing to do? You're making those games look even more meaningless to a dumb football college football fan. And then for the playoffs. Like, not even good for there either. Hypothetically, we're going to put this last year. Georgia versus Cincinnati. Cincinnati miraculously beats them. So instead of ending their year on the loss, they're the best AAC team, best group of five team in history. All right. Then they got to go play Alabama, which we all know they're going to lose. But, you know, screw it. They win. Then they're going to probably have to play Clemson. All right. So they have to, after having one of the best seasons of all time, for their school, if not the best, they got to go play three of the top teams that they would never have played during the regular season. And they have to just go miraculously pull something out of their ass each time. That's not going to happen. That's unrealistic. And you're making them look worse, showing that they're, they can't contend. I think in reality, I'm going to take a page out of Josh Pate's playbook. There needs to be a group of five playoff and there needs to be a power five playoff because they aren't on the same level as each other. And they truthfully right. never will. Like I think you got UCF, Cincinnati can easily should be able to move up to Power Five. You got FCS level pull up North Dakota, North Dakota State, South Dakota State, Sam, Sam Houston. I think you got to do some pull ups and some push downs. Right, that makes total sense to me because you could pull, like you were saying, you could pull a, a UCF, you could pull a Cincinnati, you could pull a Memphis, even you know out out of that group of five who are at that level to be able to compete, you know, for, for that and put them in different conferences, which is fine. And then move up those other teams. I've never actually thought about that move up, you know, the North Dakota States or, or those teams that are, are able or bring in the talent to be able to do that, even though they're not quite at the talent of the D one level, but you know, be able to work themselves up to that level that the Memphis is, the Cincinnati's, the, UCFs have, you know, because they they all started the same the same spot. So like like you look at that, I I completely hundred percent agree with you. But I I I would much rather like it, I'm not saying it's perfect here. I would much rather have a twelve team playoff than than a fourteen. Um, my reasoning, I think, I'll go back on one second. And say that I think ultimately the best way to go about it is either to have a six or an eight team. Um, I think a six or an eight team is is probably where right where you want to be at if you want to make it the most competitive that you can in terms of you know declaring a national champion. Uh, I I wholeheartedly believe that the BCS was the best option to be able to get to your top two teams because it was the top two teams you know like obviously there were teams left out but were they really left out because of the competition that they played no so i thought bcs was great i loved the bcs that was that was fantastic to me and you know even though we had to suffer through you know lsu alabama for a nine six game or whatever the fuck it was it was worth it because it was a great game but at the end of the day, you look at it from the point of perspective that we are at now, four teams is not it. You know, like four teams it is definitely not it right now, in my opinion. I mean, it, it's going to be the same four every year because it's going to be the it's going to be four out of the five group, you know, like power five. It's going to be it's going to be Alabama. It's going to be Clemson as long as Clemson keeps still running it. 
and it's going to be a Big Ten team, most likely Ohio State, and then probably a Big 12 team, probably Oklahoma. Right. You know, like, like that – and that's – that's, it, it's, not, it's not fair to the rest of everybody else. It, it, it makes it's the – it makes the regular season worthless, you know, Not unless you beat and unless you beat that team. So, well, here's the problem: you're looking at it, whereas the only thing that matters is the college football playoff. Whereas in reality, if your team's projected to not even make a bowl game and they end up going eight and five, I'd say that's a win. It really depends on how you look at it. If, as a powerhouse school like Florida State fan, you're obviously looking at it like it's win, it's championship it's or bust. Champion- but if you're a fan of a smaller team, you just want to see them do good, end the post, end the season as potentially regular season champs. If you can't do that because they're not that good, end your season as the bowl game champ that you go to. Because if you're really looking at it like playoffs, the only thing that matters, then you're never going to be happy unless you're the Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson fan. Right, and that's what I'm worried about with the with the four team. You know, the four team is just always that. Right. Like it's just but a set group. So like but I don't I, mind I don't mind it expanding. I just don't know if twelve is it. Yeah, yeah, twelve right. is it, and they, they kind of put together a, a you know a data right. graph or or whatever you want to call it about who would be there. And you put together this, you really like from last year, and you have you know the Florida's in it, um, Cincinnati's in it. Like there there's a bunch of different teams that are in it that could have a shot. Do they necessarily win those games? No. But does it change the atmosphere of what's going on? Yeah. But I think the biggest problem with that is diminishing diminishing the value that there is with these outs, outsourced um, bowl games. So you think of, you know, like, the Chick-fil-A bowl or, or things like that, right. you know, like those, I, think, those I think that they shouldn't have those as the bowl. So you, so if you decide to make that move, if you decide to expand, those bowls are going to mean a lot less. Right. I think that you shouldn't have the bowl games as the college football playoffs because they were, the Rose bowl is meant to be the best Pac-12 versus the best big 10. It needs to. So do, you think, so do you think, so do you think like they could still host them there, but just, Maybe just it's, switch it around can't be the, what right. it's called. Just call it the college football playoff. If you want to have it all sponsored by Snickers, by Bud Light, by whatever the hell you want sponsored by, college football playoff sponsored you by Blaine. Sponsored by whatever. Like, just don't make it the bowl game because that makes all the other bowl games look like lesser to other players, coaches, fans. Like, if you're relying the entire season off the playoff, even, even, because, like, I, I feel like even even though the Rose Bowl won't like like the situation that we're talking about now, so like you make the Rose Bowl not a playoff game, that's still a huge fucking bowl for you to go to. It is, you know, like it's still, your, it still it still means a lot. I don't think it takes away from any meaning. Right, but if you if they only expanded it to six. What team wins it last year? Only Alabama wins it. Do you think Oklahoma was able to beat Clemson last year or Notre Dame beats Texas A&M? Maybe it, Notre Dame beats A&M. They're not beating Ohio State. Okay, so Notre Dame just won a game to go lose again. Do you really want to – like, what do you really want to see that? Yeah, but you never know. But that's the also the alternative. Like, you get tape from another game in a playoff atmosphere. Right. And so, what like, happens it's totally different. Bowl? I think that they expand the playoffs. I mean, there's been a lot of blowouts, and I think it's not going to yeah. be fun until the national championship. There's been there's been tons of blowouts. That's what I'm tired of. Like you know, the better team in this four team playoff, you know the better team. You know, we all know the better team when it comes to the four the four team playoff. That's we know who's going to win the game. We know who's going to be in the national championship. That's why I love the BC. I love the BCS so much is because it pitted the best team against the best team in the nation. Right. But I also I also don't mind the playoff as long as it expands to the right amount. It can't be 12 teams. It can't be 12 teams. It can't be four. So you either have to meet us halfway at six or eight and then go from there. I could see that, but I – They've screwed it up to the point. 
next week's episode, I'll pitch another idea, which I actually think could even out the college football world. That's never going to happen. But I love the idea. And, you know, like, other analysts have agreed that aren't young, but, like, the actual professionals I've talked to, they like the idea, except there's only one school that might win it more. But we'll talk about that next week. Caleb, you want to wrap it up? Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, guys, we want to thank you for coming on here on Saturday Standouts. Um, I, it was a privilege for me to be on here with Ethan for the first time ever. He absolutely crushed it. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. You know, we had a lot of college talk. We're going to, you know, be ramping it up as we get into the, you know, college season. We're going to be going over conferences. We're going to be going over all sorts of, you know, types of things like we were tonight. Um, we appreciate you guys for tuning in. As you noticed before, head over to mybookie.ag. Use code USN100 for double your first deposit. The minimum deposit is $50. Put in $50, get $50 free to bet on whatever you want to. If you join that Patreon group where you get exclusive betting content, that $50 is going to go a long way for you guys. We have made thousands of dollars out of there. It's an amazing experience. Go ahead. Hop in there to not only mybookie.ag using code USM100, but hop in to that Patreon group, the $5 or $10 tier. Get yourself in there to the Discord. Get yourself, you know, some some access to that free money that you're ultimately putting down. It's really great. Um, but, Ethan, I want to thank you, my man, for so much. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't necessarily know who I was going to, you know, kind of you know put myself towards in terms of a co-host but i i was so excited that you know that you're the first person i reached out to the first person that i knew i was going to be able to have a connection with that you and i were going to be able to rock this it and just continue it for for time and I, i'm excited and I, I thank you for coming on here but um before we go and get off i want to let you say some words as well Honestly, just thank you. This has been fun. I love having this be my third podcast. You know what? I might end up joining two or three more. Who knows? Let's get to seven days a week, seven podcasts. Why the hell not? But, you know, I have a lot of fun doing this. Hey, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Give some shout out. Go ahead. Give some shout out to your other podcast, baby. Let them know. I got NFL Deep Dive. New episodes every Tuesday, Thursday. Check out Creating Madness. We try and get a new episode up every week. Unless we screw up the interview, then we don't post it. But we don't screw it up. So pretty much every Wednesday. And, yeah, we've had a couple top 150 recruits on there. We've interviewed Georgia Tech's coach. I get a lot of interviews. Look for huge interviews on this in the coming future. I told Caleb about a couple people I have an idea for. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's already getting my pants wet, uh, boys and girls. So um, just just wait for it. Um, Ethan Ethan is the man. Um, I'm going to have to get him to put his his ad down here eventually for, for um, Twitter. But – um, if you go and follow or are on Twitter, go follow Ethan at Ethan underscore Carboni. Um, he's the man. He, he runs a lot of stuff. He's obviously a, a huge Bears fan. If you if you already follow him, you can tell by his profile picture, which is my second favorite team, and I will always root for the Bears. So, um, I mean, I can't thank you guys enough for coming on here, you know, showing us love tonight. I can't thank Ethan enough for coming on here and, and being my co-host. And, you know, after our first episode, I, I'm very confident that we're going to be able to rock this thing into the future. So um, thank you, Ethan, for, for everything you do and everything that you provide for, you know, the Unwrapped Sports Network. Of course. Thank you for having me on. I look forward to doing this throughout the next year. Absolutely. Hey, and always go Noles. <laughs>